Hey, Rue. Yeah, Daddy? You want to do a podcast with me? You want to do a podcast with me? Nothing can keep us apart. Nothing in this world. You and I, we were meant to be together. Welcome to Rue and the Preacher Dad. Where a preteen, that's you, and her pastor dad, that's me, talk with each other about big stuff and the little things that matter. We recorded this episode when Rue was 11 and just starting the sixth grade. And the world was a few months away from being introduced to the coronavirus. A lot's changed since then in how we talk with each other and certainly with the culture we're living in. But we thought it would be refreshing to share some hindsight perspective. So, on this episode, we recap our summer vacation from August of 2019 at Universal Studios in Orlando. And we discuss Rue's fear of human beings dressed as animals. True. And we talk about gun violence and how it shaped our everyday lives. So, you ready to talk it out, Rue? Are you ready to listen? Always. I would or your have, top two or something like that. My favorite one was the, what do you call it, the Rip Ride Rocket mm-hmm. at Universal Studios. The roller coaster. It was amazing. Yeah. Mac was the one that spotted it. So it's, Yeah, you uh, can see it from the other park. Yeah, and, and we th- we kept trying to get closer and closer to it until we realized that it was in the other park and we had to <laughs> go over there. But I loved it because it was just a no-nonsense roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And a classic roller coaster. It, it was. I wouldn't say that it was classic. It was something. There was one thing that was that I'd never seen, where it starts out with you're just going. You're going straight up. Mm-hmm. You know, you are on your back going straight <laughs> up, and it's a little scary. Yeah, um, I would feel scared. Like there's, I've gone, like on some of the rides on like the Jurassic Park ride and stuff. You mm-hmm. go up, but you don't go straight up. And even going straight up on some of those rides are pretty scary. But the cool thing is with the Rip Ride Rocket is you pick a song. Mm -hmm. So you can you can pick your jam, basically. And when we wrote it the first time, we did Motley Crue, Kickstart My Heart. And the second time we did Beastie Boys, Sabotage. And so you're going straight up and you've got the beginning of the song. Yeah, it's like blasting in your ears. Exactly. And then you go over that little hill and then off you go. And it is pretty wild and not messing around. And going down, it's almost straight down too as well. Correct. Yeah. But you wouldn't know because you didn't ride this one. I know. I like. I've never been a roller coaster person, so I'm not ready for that kind of roller coaster. I don't know. I don't know, Rue. You stepped out of your comfort zone on this trip. This yeah. was a big time for you. Mm-hmm. You, uh, I mean, the Jurassic Park ride, that wasn't messing around. Mm-mm. And you liked that one. Yeah, it was really fun. What would you like about it? So it kind of, it was kind of like a story, like you were in the movie. So in the waiting line, there were TVs in, in the line. And so it was like these two people kind of reporting on Jurassic Park and they were like, oh, and the the trip wouldn't be, wouldn't be anything without our famous river cruise ride. And they were talking about how it's just like this calm river cruise or just going through herbivore habitats. And then at the end of the whole video, there's a black screen and there's white letters typed out that says, because of complications, you will be going through carnivore habitats. (laughs) And so when you get on the ride, 
you're going through herbivore habitats with all these dinosaurs, and then you go through this metal door uh, that's all ripped apart and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's like there's like alarms going off and stuff like that. And it's just it, it gets kind of like dark and scary from then on. And you see like different carnivore dinosaurs that are like leaping out at you and stuff like that, which is really fun. And then at the end, there's a T-Rex coming from like the ceiling and there's fog everywhere. And then you just go like you just drop down and there's like a big like drop at the end where that you like don't expect because you can't see it. But your coming of age ride, I thought, was the Hagrid's ride. Mm-hmm. What's it called? The Hagrid's. Hagrid's motorbike adventure, which is what it was in the uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which was my favorite part because I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I think we waited a total of four hours to ride that ride. <laughs> I know. But it was completely worth it. Yeah, there's this one part where you're you get there. The ride is you get on a motorcycle, and beside you is a sidecar where another person can ride. And you, your cart stops, and you're, there's there's this plant that's in the f- first movie. I forgot what it was called, and it's like creeping down towards you. And in the movie, Harry and his friends are like tangled in this stuff. And then you re- you're supposed to relax your body, and then you fall straight down into the plants, and it, you land on this. They landed on this in this other room, and so what happens? is the floor below you just disappears and you dr- your cart drops. Like, and it's just really, it's like, it, your heart's pounding through the whole thing. It's really fun. I love that you were in my sidecar and I was on the motorbike. And what I mean by the kind of coming of age moment for you is I looked over at you <laughs> as yeah. we were being shot out of this thing going, I don't know how many miles per hour. And the look on your face went from sheer terror to <laughs> complete joy. <laughs> I know. It was the best. Yeah. You said it was like watching me overcome my fear in real time. That's what it was. I love it. Only yeah. on a roller coaster like that. To get to either of the parks, you have to go into this place called City Walk, right? Uh, that's where all the restaurants are and stuff. So tell us about the restaurant that we went to on the first night. We went to, on the on the first night and our last night, we went to the Chocolate Emporium. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's, it's hard to describe. That's the thing is you go to these places and all the architecture and the colors and the people who work there are so into their character that they make it a totally different world. And so this this chocolate emporium has a story, and it's about this woman who, like, is the founder of this chocolate emporium. And there's this woman walking around, and she's supposed to be the character of that person who opened the chocolate emporium. And she was pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah, well, so one of the things that I think is hilarious about you, Rue, is your fear of human beings dressed as animals or any other kind of creature or character. It's not that I'm scared of them. It's just like... I mean, I, it, it does freak me out. Yes, that, that, that means that it scares you. I don't, like, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, H-E-Buddy terrifies you. <laughs> oh, my God. Even now. 
He's a human being in a grocery bag. That's all it is. <laughs> I don't know why he terrifies me. Like, just is what it is. Yes, I mean, like, why is why like we went? It was like H.E. Buddy, but he was at a music concert type, like a festival, music festival. But why, like, why is he there? It's just it was. It's always been a fear of mine. <laughs> So we enjoy sharing with you good people some of the happy things and the carefree things going on in our lives. And those are steal away moments that we all need more of. So we're really grateful for having the chance to be together as family last week and not having to worry about much of anything. That was the best part of it. But Rue, last time we talked, we were talking about some of the things that worry you about being a pastor's kid. And one of the things that you mentioned I wanted to pick up on, what was one of the things that you told me that worry you? I'm, I sometimes worry that just uh, there will be a shooting at our church. A few years ago, there was um, a shooting at a mosque somewhere where people were just praying inside. Yeah, and you mentioned that last time. And the reason why I wanted to pick up on that topic just one more time here is because there had been shootings recently you know right before we went on vacation one in El Paso and one in Dayton Ohio that you knew about and then while we were on our vacation your mother would be reading reading up on the news and would let us know oh there was another shooting here and there was another another shooting there and you remember how you responded to that it was, it was actually when we came, after we came back, she was talking about one. Um, in Philadelphia. In, yeah, in Philadelphia. And I was like, not another one. And it's just like, when is it going to stop? Well, with so many shootings going on, what got my attention about your response and saying, oh, not another one, is that I sensed some kind of resignation in your voice. Not so much resignation, it's just you're getting used to it, you know, like not again is the kind of response you have to something that just happens so much that you just kind of throw your arms up. Like I give up, you know? Yeah. I mean, the first time I heard about it, it was, I, it was horrible. It was really scary for me, but like there have been so many that it's kind of like my new normal. So what are some of the things you, you call it your new normal? It, it, I mean, it's still, it's still bad and I still like... Right, right. Well, what I mean is when you call it your new normal, I'm talking about um, at school. If it's your new normal, what are some things that you do at school to prepare for the possibility of gun violence? There isn't really, like there's a, we have a drill, it's called the lockdown drill. And if there's an intruder in our school who has a weapon or something like that, a lot of teachers, they'll just, they'll put us in the corner and she'll go out, like, when we're practicing for it, she'll go outside and see if she can see us in the corners. That's what most teachers do. But at Jane Long, my new school, they, like, during lockdown, the, our last lockdown drill in the second semester, they will announce like where the intruder is. Um, see, it's in like hallway, like 
216 to 221 or something like that. Um, If you're not in that hallway or you're far away from that hallway, you're supposed to actually, like, leave your classroom and leave the building, even if it's just during a drill. When when I was at Crockett, my elementary school, when I, from kindergarten to up to third grade, our doors would have bulletproof windows. They would have, like, the wires on them so Mm -hmm. that the bullet would, like, bounce off. But when I got to fourth grade, our windows didn't have that, which made me a little more, like, cautious. Sometimes I would look over at the window. Or, like, if there hadn't been a lockdown drill that semester, I would just, like, look over there for some reason. But it just, it just, like, worries me. It worried me. And still worries me about the people who are in those classrooms, like, that's not safe. Even though they're, like, older kids, it doesn't mean that they can handle it. Like, that's not safe. So how does it make you feel having to do those drills at all? I'm, I've, I don't really think about, like, I, it worries me. Um, it always worries everyone. Well, not everyone. You were telling me about last time we talked about this, you were you were saying that some people don't take it seriously and that bothers you? Yeah, no. Some people, like, talk during the drill, which I don't... It's just, like, are, do you want to die? It's, it's... I don't understand why they joke about it. Because, like, my teacher last year was talking about how one person took out their phone during a lockdown drill one time. Like, that's not, not, no. So what bothers me about it is that you have to do them at all. Because when I was growing up, we only had fire drills. Yeah, we, we have fire drills and we also have tornado drills and then we have lockdown drills as well. Right. I don't remember us having those kinds of drills that you're describing. We just had fire drills. And so it bothers me that you have to be doing these drills at all and, um, And also, you know, I appreciate that you're taking it seriously and that you look at other kids who might not be taking it seriously and you go, come on, you know, this is important. But at the same time, that seriousness that you have and that worry that you have, that that is a burden that shouldn't be on you or any child. And as a parent, that's that's what bothers me. Yeah. When I'm at school, the the fact that the teachers have to, like, when I was talking about how they go out into the hallway and check if they can see us, they have to do that multiple times for the kids to get it. Like, they can't get that, like, the first time. Kids, like, we freak out if we know that something is, like, happening, something bad is happening. And so we can't, we can't, like, get that on the first try. So I hear that you're worried about it, but... Do you ever get scared to just go to school? I've never really focused on that. Like when I'm like on my way to school or something like that, I never really think about that. But now that you say it, it does, it probably worries a lot, a lot of people, a lot of kids when they're on their way to school or they're just at home thinking about school. Well, maybe I shouldn't have said it then. <laughs> I mean, well. I have a lot of fears, don't I? Yeah. As you said in your sermon the other day. Yeah. Well. I mean, it's one thing to worry about it. So, so you say that you worry about it at school, you worry about it in the church, but when you go to school and when you go to church, 
I would like to think that you don't have it on your mind so much that it scares you and would keep you from going there. No, no. Um, I love my church. I love my school and I would never stop going there. I just like to like be reassured sometimes that we're okay. Like we have a plan, we're safe and stuff like that. I want to share something with you that comes to mind that actually gives me peace about all this. There's a quote from this guy called Frederick Buechner. He, he talks about the world being, he, he says, look at the world, beautiful and terrible things will happen. And the reason why that gives me peace is because I think of this person named Sharon Risher. And Sharon Risher is a pastor. And she is the daughter of Esther, excuse me, Ethel Lance, who was one of the people who were killed in the shooting that happened at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina. I heard her preach after the shooting happened. And what she said to all of us about the shooting that happened there and the gun violence that happens in all these different places, churches, mosques, synagogues, schools, movie theaters, she said, you're not safe. And she was talking about anywhere we go, we're not safe. And the reason why that gave me peace is because I thought, well, if we're not safe anywhere, why am I worried about every single moment of my life? I can either choose to be scared all the time. Or choose and let, to live your life. Exactly. Or just be so worried, you know, to, to be so worried that it consumes me, or I can just live my life, like you said. You have a great way of just taking these big, long-winded things that I'm thinking, Ruthie, and make them simple. <laughs> That's yeah. one of the gifts, many gifts that you have. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking with me. I really appreciate you opening up and, and sharing this with me because um, it takes a lot of guts to talk about the things that worry us. Yeah, it was fun. 